What's going on, guys? Merry Christmas in Dixie. I hope all of you are looking forward to a great, fantastic, wonderful uh, Christmas and New Year's. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative. I've got some bad news, and the bad news is this. Uh, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth because we're going to take a little break at the Tennessee Conservative uh, between Christmas and New Year's. However, uh, we're going to be sending out our top 10 stories um, of the year, a couple uh, a day. And so I look forward to getting those year-end reviews. I'm still going to be checking the social media feeds. Uh, you may get a few messages by email, but uh, Paula and Helen and Jason and all of our fine folks are going to be taking a little bit of a break. So uh, that's going to be how that happens. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you like the stories that we're going to cover here before we go to Christmas break, please go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash subscribe. I think that's it. I don't know. Tennessee Conservative News. Uh, we're going to get right into the news stories. I hope you have a wonderful New Year and a Merry Christmas. I'm about to go to uh, the antique store to see Santa Claus with my two little girls, and I hope that you and your children and your grandchildren are having a fantastic Merry Christmas. Rick says Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Rick. And if you would, leave in the comments section your Merry Christmases, your Happy New Years, and also uh, tell me where you're uh, watching from and what you think of these stories. Here we go. First story. Tennessee sued over secretive pandemic report, and in case I forgot to mention, this is the 10Con Big 7 review, where we review the biggest stories in Tennessee uh, that have happened uh, over the last week. It's a slow news week, usually around the uh, around the uh, holidays, even rhinos and Democrats take a break. And Karen says, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. Miss Karen, I hope you have a fantastic holiday. Here we go. The Public Citizen Litigation Group helped file a lawsuit in Davidson County Chancery Court against the Tennessee Department of Human Resources over a report that outlined recommendations on how to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. Merry Christmas, Kimberly. Thank you for getting in there. Uh, the state denied a public records request filed by plaintiff Thomas Wesley, a state employee who requested the document as a Tennessee citizen. As an aside, I have done a lot of public information requests, and I frankly often feel like the government is hiding things. I know that's a crazy premise to have. You should wear a tin hat if you think that. Uh, but this wouldn't be the first time that a citizen had requested uh, their government, which accepts their taxpayer dollars in order to exist, would hide information from them. Back to the story. A consulting firm undertook the report at the request of Governor Bill Lee's administration, which was later kept from public view. Wendy Liu, an attorney, uh, an attorney representing the plaintiff, said uh, the information in the report, which contains information about Tennessee's COVID-19 response in connection with the state's operations as a public employer. Next slide, please. Sorry, i got to read these puppies to you. Uh, <laughs> directly relevant to public employees and all Tennessee citizens. She uh, in, uh, concluded there's no basis for Tennessee to withhold the McKinsey report from public access. I think all information is good information. Put that out there. The Associated Press reports that Governor Lee's office regularly excludes documents that they request citing deliberative process, especially if the documents pertain to communication between members of Lee's team. I mean, I thought we had an open records uh, law in Tennessee. I could be wrong. Next um, next story, Mandy, Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us here. I appreciate you very much. Do leave in the comment section what you think about these stories and where you are watching from. Potential Saudi terrorist captured by Border Patrol. Nothing to see here. There's nothing coming over the border. There's nothing coming over the border that you should be worried about. 
nothing at all, not, not, not anything that would burden your education system, not anything uh, that would drive down wages, not anything that would threaten national security, not anything that would uh, harmfully change our, our uh, culture or our electorate, none of that, nothing to see here. We're going to get to another story on that here in a moment. A Saudi Arabian man described by U.S. Border Patrol chief as a potential terrorist was apprehended attempting to enter the U.S. illegally near Yuma, Arizona. He was apprehended uh, wearing a New York County ambulance jacket, the 21-year-old from Saudi Arabia. How do you how do you cross the border in Mexico from Saudi Arabia? I mean, were you just hanging out in Mexico? Are you here for shenanigans? I mean, what are you here for? Next story, the 21 year or next, uh, we're back to the story rather. The 21 year old Saudi Arabia um, is linked to several Yemeni subjects of interest and has no affiliation with the Central Aniana uh, County Volunteer Ambulance Corps. You know, I, I, I don't think that uh, anybody who has links to Yemeni's terrorists is probably uh, volunteering for ambulance service. I'm just you know throwing that out there. Yeah, call me, call me, uh, call me a tad um, uh, incredulous about that. An ambulance service near Syracuse, New York. Meanwhile, in Texas, an additional three, uh, uh, 38.4 million of Texas taxpayer money has been allocated to fund the border security efforts. So it's funny. In Texas, they will spend 38.4 million dollars to try to secure their borders. We just got through doing a huge study committee in Tennessee, and and, and our uh, response from many of our lawmakers was, "I don't know that we can do anything." Texas is spending $38.4 million to fight the program their own way or to fight the problem with illegal immigration their own way, yet our our GOP senators in, in Tennessee says, I, I don't think we can do anything. I think we could do better. I think we could do better. Um, it's money Texans shouldn't have to spend, government, uh, Governor Greg Abbott said, but it's because of President uh, Joe Biden's open border policies that have ushered into the state rampant trafficking of drugs, people, and crime, and that is the truth. By the way, if you have received any of our emails or text messages, and there's a link somewhere in the comment section here, you can help us with our year-end campaign. I run this thing out of my back pocket because we do not have a conservative news alternative that we can trust that is focused exclusively on Tennessee uh, in the volunteer state. And so when you give, you get one of these proud Tennessee conservative bumper stickers. We'll send that to you. You can give this to one of your liberal relatives as a gift. Uh, they will love it. Uh, if you give $50 or more or any recurring uh, contribution, we send you this proud Tennessee tumbler. I mean, if this would even make the Grinch smile. And if you go to letsgobrandonhat.com, I think we got like one of these puppies left right here. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, that is referring to me, Brandon Lewis. And we always send you this handy-dandy directory of your state senators and reps. So if they are trying to steal your medical freedom or allow illegal immigration to run rampant or keep a critical race theory running in the schools, you can call them and tell them to do their job, and that is a bad idea. Next story. Record amount of fentanyl uh, seized now cited as number one killer of Americans age 18 to 45. You've probably seen this story or stories that are similar. So we've got something that is killing 18 to 20, uh, 18 to 45 year olds. Number one killer of Americans aged 18 to 45. You would think logically as a leader, you would look at that and immediately shift your focus away from taking Americans' freedoms and COVID for this age group. And you go, oh, wait a minute. We don't need to keep pushing this false narrative 
This is really what's killing people is fentanyl. And guess where fentanyl's coming across from primarily the border? Should we not do what's right and just and logical and reasonable? Or are we caught up in some kind of national psychosis, some kind of worldwide psychosis that has kept us from being able to make logical, rational decisions? I would say that, that we are. And, and this is perfect example. If your house is on fire, you don't worry about the fact that your bushes aren't trimmed on the front of your house. You focus on the house fire. This is a house fire in the United States of America. It's a house fire in the volunteer state. These are the sorts of things we should be focused on instead of all of this uh, empty rhetoric, all of this fear-mongering BS, in my opinion. Back to the story. Back in Arizona, authorities sir, uh, seized $9 million worth of fentanyl pills and the state's largest bust of the illicit drug, enough, they say, to kill half the population of Arizona. This stuff is pure poison. The bust comes after a nonprofit group cites fentanyl as the leading cause of death among Americans between the age of 18 and 45. Arizona and Texas Attorney General and Governors vowed to fight what they call the lawlessness of the Biden administration, which they argue is enabling fentanyl to be brought into the U.S. through its open border policies, which is exactly what we have. We have seen the collapse of Europe uh, with their open border policies. We've seen their cultures uh, be completely obliterated. We have watched their social safety nets burst open, and we have seen the rampant crime that has come into their city centers. Why in the world we cannot look at historical accurate facts and guard against it, I do not know. And we got a comment here that came in from Karen saying, they say they cannot do anything in Tennessee, then why can Florida? We need to shut down the nonprofits that are taking them and then ship them to Delaware. Our leaders have no spine. They are bought and paid for. They certainly do not have a whole lot of courage on this. We've got you know one person, uh, Bruce Griffey, and a few others that are actually trying to do something about this problem. And we got a whole bunch of other people that are more afraid of the NFIB and the Chamber of Commerce, I believe, than their own constituents. And I think in 2022, we need to send some of those people packing. If you're not going to be conservative, if you're not going to help get things done in the legislature, you need to get a different job. I forget to mention sometimes, we have a podcast. If you would prefer to listen to this while you're uh, mowing the grass, raking leaves, or uh, drinking your eggnog, uh, you can just look anywhere podcasts are, Tennessee Conservative, and you will find our podcast. We actually have quite a few people listening to this puppy, uh, more than I would have ever thought. Uh, we just give you the summary of the news. We're bringing you some federal uh, and national news because it's a little slow in Tennessee right now, uh, but that'll pick back up as we get into session. Next story, SCOTUS, Supreme Court, to hear challenges to Biden's mandates in early January. The 6th Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals on Friday reinstated President Joe Biden's COVID-19 vaccination mandate on larger employers, uh, overturning uh, another federal court's injunction and setting up a showdown in the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court. The mandate, depending on how the Supreme Court rules, would require employers with 100 workers or more to uh, require their employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19, undergo weekly testing, or face stiff fines. This would impact more than 80 million workers in the U.S. The Fifth Circuit uh, U.S. Court of Appeals in New Orleans previously blocked the mandate, citing grave constitutional concerns. I don't see this thing passing. Merry Christmas to you, Carol. Merry Christmas. Uh, I don't see this thing uh, pass uh, getting out of the Supreme Court. I just don't see how uh, something that has not been legislated in Congress, and we lived under our own mandates here uh, under Bill Lee uh, without any sort of legislation whatsoever, really just an abuse of executive power, which goes to show you that if we had a conservative governor, separation of powers is like 
kind of like a very elementary understanding in conservatism. You, you have separation of powers. You might maybe 60 days, but then you go, okay, legislature, come in here. Let's work together. Do your job. I'm not a king. I'm not a dictator. So we've got it. We had it at the presidential level, and it's been more heavy-handed, and he hung on to his power. Uh, but we also had it in Tennessee, and Bill Lee would like everybody to forget that. But one of my jobs is to remind people of things that have happened in the past so when they go to the polls in the present, uh, and in the future, they can remember that. Back to the story. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear oral arguments about the case on January 7th, uh, 2022. In a related story, 47 um, members of both chambers of Congress filed an amicus brief in favor of a group of Navy SEALs who sued the Biden administration over the vaccine mandate that is forcing them out of the armed services. So crazy. We will send you to your death uh, to protect us in our country, knowing that you are putting your life at risk to help us, but if we want, if you want to express your conscience or if you want to express your views on a specific medical issue about your own body, we'll end your entire military career. What a terrible message to send to our men and women in uniform that you do not appreciate or care about them. And I think it is uh, the Biden administration's way of, of running conservatives out of the military service so they can continue to wokeify it and neuter it uh, because it, it tends to be a very conservative uh, branch of federal government employees, the most conservative branch, uh, or not branch, section, I believe, population. I think this is a, a part of a larger plan to do those things. Uh, the devil ain't lazy. Next story. Tennessee joins lawsuits uh, against uh, Head Start vaccination, mask mandates, and weakening of sex crime prosecutions. Tennessee and 23 other states are looking to block the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Administration for Children and Families from requiring Head Start program staff, uh, certain contractors, and volunteers to wear masks and be fully vaccinated on January 31st. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp said this is just the latest and most egregious in the growing list of overreaches by this president. Uh, it is all the more troubling and inexcusable given the mandate directly impacts and impairs our children. Could you imagine putting, the ma putting a mask on the face of a child that's two years old three years old, for hours on end. A lot of these people drop off their kids in the morning, don't pick them up till they get off work. I mean, what a terrible, awful thing to do to a child that's trying to learn to speak, that's playing, that has runny noses inside this mask all day, that's very unclean. I just can't believe this stuff. We're living in an evil age. I've just come to the opinion of. I don't think it's a difference of opinion. I think it's, I think it's a, a spiritual warfare that we are seeing roll out and politically uh, we're fighting against princes and principalities here I do believe back to the story regarding weakening of sex crime prosecutions Tennessee Attorney General Herbert Slatery is also among a bipartisan coalition of 36 attorney generals uh, urging the American Law Institute to reject proposed changes to the penal code that would weaken the ability of states to prosecute sexual assault abuse exploitation and trafficking crimes jeopardizing the safety of victims uh, of those crimes and restrict the ability of law enforcement to protect the general public from recidivist behavior. You know, they, they act as if all of this, um, all these conversations about sex trafficking and, and the mistreatment of children is somehow conspiratorial, yet they do things like this. They do things like this to, if it was conspiratorial and if it didn't exist, why would you feed the narrative? Instead of doing things that make it look like you verify it, it's very curious. Slatery said 
These proposed changes, which would exclude criminal liability for those who knowingly participate in sex trafficking and eliminate public access to uh, sex offender registry information, are dangerous and it needs to be rejected. Next story. Judge rules masks still required in Knox County schools. I would like to ask you if you are willing to do so, and if you watch this now or later, to share this in any conservative Facebook groups or other social media groups that you're a part of. Uh, every time we find a subscriber that we don't have to pay for, it helps our budget here at the Tennessee Conservative. So please do share these stories on your personal news feed. Uh, if you think they're important, this video and other stories from the Tennessee Conservative, you can also drop them in your Facebook groups. Knox County School Board's request to pause a mask requirement as the appeals process makes its way through the court was denied on Monday. Circuit Judges Eric L. Clay, David W. McKeague, and Eugene E. Seiler, Jr. of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit Panel agreed with the District Court after listing, uh, listening to Knox County School argue that virtual classes are a reasonable accommodation. They wrote, like the District Court, we are not persuaded that virtual learning is a reasonable alternative to universal masking. You know, the bigger question I would think these judges would take is, like, do the masks work? Do they work? I mean, you're making these educational determinations, which presupposes you have the ability to, to, to use reason and logic to determine things. Could you look at the other data? Could you look at the other data and see if it's even helpful? The full appeal of the Knox County case will be heard at a future hearing. Next story, Sullivan County educator fired for teaching CRT pushes for reinstatement. This is terrible. Former Sullivan County teacher Matthew Hahn says he plans to continue to push for his reinstatement even though the school board upheld his firing with a 5-1 to one vote last week. Hahn said he plans to appeal the termination in Sullivan County Chancery Court. These are the kind of teachers we have in government schools in Tennessee. Teaching people, little girls and little boys, that somehow they are evil and inherently uh, bad because of the color of their skin. It's just modern-day racism dressed up in some new outfit. The Democrats have never changed. From the, from the Ku Klux Klan to now, they're still the same people. And you've got these people that are, that, uh, that are living their entire hateful lives at your taxpayer expense, and they're trying to fight to get this stuff into the school. Hahn lost his job after repeated reprimands from school administrators for pushing ideas associated with critical race theory on students in his contemporary studies class and was eventually fired on May 5th for insubordination and unprofessional behavior. If you did that one time, if you're, if you're a private employer, if you're a private, you, you got your job and you're working for a typical company that's not the government, and your boss tells you not to do something probably once, maybe twice, not repeated, not over and over again, doesn't have to have some big vote, your ass is just out the door. And I think we need to do that with a lot of these teachers uh, because this is, this is getting out of hand. Uh, we need to, to get back to getting our kids to read, write, and uh, critical uh, thinking skills and to be able to manage their finances instead of you know loading their head with this indoctrination. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. I'm running off now. I'm a little bit late uh, to go see Santa Claus. Uh, I'm going to put in a good word for you. I'm going to put in a good word for you. I know some of you are probably going to get cold for Christmas, but I'm going to go see St. Nick right now. I'm going to patch things over. Uh, we're going to have a, I've got some eggnog that's been spiked. I'm going to kind of pass that to him. We're going to talk it over, and I'm going to see if I can get uh, that coal turned into conservatism. And if you would like to put a little conservatism in my stocking this year, please go to TennesseeConservative.com, hit that red support button for our year-end campaign. Uh, we are outnumbered 80 to 1. 
uh, as conservative news outlets go in the volunteer state. And uh, did you know that uh, uh, that 90% of media outlets are owned by five liberal corporations? So we are uh, fighting the David and Goliath fight here. If you can chip a little into the kitty uh, for some Christmas cheer, uh, we'll try to bring you conservatism all the year. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative News. I love you guys. I mean it. Thank you for your prayers and support. I hope you have the best Christmas you've ever had. I will see you next week in some form or fashion. I may even hop in there for, for a little bit of a Christmas concert. Uh, so be watching your Facebook feed. I may sing Frosty the Snowman or some other Yuletide favorite uh, so that we can all share and revel in this holiday fun. Take care, guys. Love you, mean it. Talk to you soon.